0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Staying Present in the Present," And uh, I was changing the sound system just then. If you saw me looking down, I'm back now and uh, fully focused. Um, this series is all about Uh, taking what we talked about in our last series and then keeping it going throughout the day. We talked about getting connected to God in our last series, developing disciples' hearts. Now what we're looking at is is how we can stay connected to God, staying present in the presence of God throughout the day. And we're looking um, at Jesus as our model for life and ministry in encounters that he has with people and situations throughout the book of Luke. And uh, from that, we're learning some things about what it means to stay present in the presence. We, we started by looking at Jesus' baptism a couple of weeks ago. We, entor- we talked about the importance of knowing that Jesus lived and died and lives for us. We talked about the Holy Spirit filling us and leading us and guiding us. We talked about God's timing and plans being better than our own and that we can trust him. Um, last week we looked at the tempting of Jesus in the wilderness, we talked about the importance of spending time in the Word of God, and uh, being able to recognize the tricks and the traps of the evil one, and how Jesus will help us to avoid and overcome them. Today we're going to keep on uh, in our study of what uh, Jesus and how uh, how he reacted in encounters that he had with people and situations, and we're going to talk about what happens when he goes to his hometown here in just a minute, it's a pretty interesting reaction, and we'll talk to that. But before we do, you know, I like to change things a little bit and uh, give you something to think about. And you know, we're starting to ask for candy now, and we enter this big stretch of sort of holidays that I kind of think of as... Uh, Hello, thanks, Miss Tyne Day. And so from now until Valentine Day, there's a lot of pressure to provide all sorts of stuff for, for all sorts of things. And, uh, and so it's just that season that we're running into again. And uh, at, at one church, uh, it's time once again for the Christmas pageant. And uh, there's a boy at this church, little Johnny, and he has his heart set on playing Joseph at the Christmas pageant for the year. But unfortunately, He's passed over for the role of Joseph, and he's instead given the role of the innkeeper, which he is not happy about at all. And so they practice and get ready, and the night of the big, tra- big presentation comes around. There's a full house. Everybody's there in this church, and, uh, and all eyes are on Joseph and Mary as they walk up to the inn, and they ask the innkeeper, and they say, is there any room at the inn? And little Johnny looks at them and says, why, yes, yes, there is plenty of room. Come on in. sorry to dwell on that for a while (laughs) why yes yes there is come on Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 30 is the scripture reading today put here fortunately on purpose it'll be in your bulletins you can read along in your Bibles if you want or it'll show up overhead as well Luke 4.14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, When the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So we're going to talk about two things today in light of these verses. Here's Jesus now. We, remember the baptisms happened and the temptation time has happened and Jesus' ministry is underway and now he's heading back to his own hometown. And there's two things we're going to look at today. We're going to look at who Jesus is and what his mission is. In helping me to do that today, Georgina is going to come up and she's going to give you point one.
1: Okay, point one. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Okay, so the whole context of this is that um, Jesus goes back to his hometown and he enrolls, you know, the scroll is given to him because he stood up to read and um, it's given to him and he starts to read and he starts to read from Isaiah. Um, The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus tells them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What Jesus was doing was making a very bold statement. He was telling them that he was claiming that he, the carpenter, was really the son of God, the one that they were waiting for. And um, initially, the listeners were very were in awe of him. They thought he spoke very well, and they kept but they kept thinking, you know, isn't this Joseph's Joseph's son, the one? who, you know, is a carpenter down the road. Um, as we can see in Luke 24:22, 22, they say this. They say, isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. They know, they see, they have known him as a child. They have seen him grow up. He had lived among them. Were they now to think that Jesus was the Messiah, the one promised to them? long ago and today we and many people face the same dilemma uh, many have thought of jesus as a good teacher a good moral man um, even some sort of prophet from god but jesus claims improves himself to be much more than that jesus makes it clear that he is the messiah the son of the living god so who do you think jesus is Let's look at an encounter with Peter in the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 16, verses 13 and 19. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven the answer to the question of who jesus is is jesus is the christ the messiah the anointed one the son of the living god this rock which means knowing the answer to this question of who jesus really is will determine how we live our lives here and then in heaven It is the foundation of a life lived in Christ and allows us to stay present in the presence. presence. With this in mind, Pastor Steve will continue with point number two.
0: Thank you, Georgina. Point number two. Don't let the things of men distract you. This is really important. Don't let the things of men distract you from what's really important. This will happen to you in so many situations in life where... Uh, it seems as if what's going on around us is more important than what's really happening in the kingdom of God, and it's a distraction. It gets us off track. It gets us off course, and it and it keeps us from moving into the life that we're called to. Look how easy it is to get distracted. um, We're just going to look at the next recorded conversation between Jesus and Peter. Now remember, Peter has just been given by God the answer to the most important question ever. Who do you say that I am? And and Peter got it. And God's the one who gave him the answer. God gave him the answer. You're the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one that we've been waiting for. Peter gets it. So um, just a quick word about Peter. Peter... um, we know from our encounters, our our time reading in the scripture about Peter, Peter um, was in this struggle about who was the greatest in the kingdom of the guys that were hanging out with Jesus, which one of them was the the number two guy. And uh, it was a pretty much ongoing bait, debate between Peter and John and James. Um, and um, this was a constant sort of thing. So at some level, Peter's pride's going to pop up here uh, and get him in a little trouble because, hey, Jesus just looked at him and said, God told you that, you got the answer. I think, and really... That would feel pretty good, right? I mean, don't you... Have you ever felt like God's given you some wisdom on something and you knew it was sort of a God thing? And you, you, you can't help but feeling a little bit better about it. But we can get in trouble pretty quick if we start getting proud. Watch what happens with Peter. Matthew sixteen twenty one through 26. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things in the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. That's a huge difference from what had just happened. And I imagine it was pretty deflating along the way. Jesus then said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? How did the enemy get Peter distracted? Peter knows the answer. Peter knows the truth. He's figured out that it's Jesus. God told him, and we know the truth. What does the enemy use to get us distracted all the time? The things of men. Peter had in mind that he wanted to be the number two guy in a earthly kingdom, in a political system that Jesus set up where Jesus would be king, but the disciples would be running everything. And and he's already figured out the answer. He's probably got his eye on a nice condo there in Jerusalem. He's just waiting for the time to get moved in, to take his proper place. And now here's Jesus saying, I'm going to die soon. And he's like, no, that doesn't fit in with my plans at all. And and Jesus said, "You, you don't have the things of God in mind. You got the things of man in mind. We've got to be so careful because it's a constant. We live here among it, and it's very hard not to let it be the focus of our lives. But it's not. He is. The kingdom of God is our focus. We have to keep our eyes on him. Um, he makes it clear, Jesus does, that our focus needs to be on the things of God to stay present in the presence and experience real life. Whoever loses his life from me will find it. What good will it be if a man gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? So Peter gets his eyes off of Jesus and onto the things of the world and loses sight of what's really important. He stops thinking about what God's up to, and he gets his own agenda in the way. He's trying to make his own life work the way he wants, and that's not where the real and abundant life of Jesus is found. Real life, now and forever life, is found in following Jesus and staying present in his presence so that's who jesus is and why it's important to keep focused on him okay next thing i want to talk about and said so two things is the mission statement of jesus georgina come on up and give us point number three please okay,
1: okay so point number three is jesus mission statement jesus's mission statement i looked up the definition of mission statement just because I know a lot of us talk about it and I hear it a lot, but it's a statement of the purpose of a company or organization. It's the reason for existing. I like that when I think about Jesus, the reason for existing. Okay, so we we talk a lot here about our mission statement, the church's mission statement, and the mission statement that we have is one more. It's being able to save one more for Jesus, being able to bring one more into relationship with God. Jesus also had a mission statement, and he told us that in Luke 4:18 through 19, He said, "The spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." So who and what are we talking about when we talk about preaching good news to the poor? Well, the poor is is, um, described as a destitute of wealth, power, influence, position, honor, the needy and the helpless, someone with absolutely nothing to offer. Jesus came to preach to them, to let them know about the good news. Now, um, the second part, he said... God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners or captives other definitions have it as captives that's to that literally means to be being held captive or captured at spear point it's people who are unable to free themselves that is, who escape is not an option blind he came for the to give sight to the blind the blind are the physical physical are those with physical or mental blindness the root word can mean clouded by pride clueless without direction unsure of what step to take to take next the oppressed are the beaten the broken and, sh- and those shattered into pieces those incapable of putting themselves back together you see the mission of jesus is all about love forgiveness and restoration it's making a way for the lost broken hurting people to have full and abundant life with god now and forever and now and forever and there is something that we need to see about Jesus' mission statement. And Pastor Steve will let us know what it is.
0: Thank you, Georgina. Fourth point. Very important. Jesus' mission statement is all about me. It's about you. And it's about me. For me to understand the mission of the Messiah, I have to recognize, always recognize that that mission is always about me the scripture is talking about you and me and and anytime that you stop seeing yourself in the scripture you're ending into some entering into some really bad territory see apart from jesus i'm needy and helpless and have absolutely nothing to offer apart from jesus i'm held captive with no way of freeing myself apart from jesus i'm blind clouded by pride without any clarity or direction. Apart from Jesus, I'm beaten, broken, shattered, and incapable of putting myself back together. Jesus came because I'm needy, messed up, and broken. That's why Jesus came. And I have to remember that always, always, or I end up like Peter, and my pride will get in the way, and I'll start thinking I have it all figured out, and then I can tell Jesus what's what. But I'm messed up, I'm broken. I'm a mess. Apart from Jesus, I got nothing for anybody. Jesus is all I got that's worth anything to anyone. 1 John 1, 8-10 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. I've shared the statement I'm about to share with you in the past a couple of times. Um, And and yet I want to keep bringing it before you because it's at the heart of what we're called to be in his story. And what we're called to be is a people who recognize and embrace our own brokenness and then get healed enough in Jesus that we can help other broken people recognize and embrace their brokenness and be healed enough in Jesus that they can help other broken people recognize and embrace their own brokenness and get healed enough in Jesus and get healed enough in Jesus and get healed enough in Jesus Jesus. one more one at a time get in the hearts of people turn to Jesus that's what we do that's all we got we got nothing else We can't finger point. We can't act like we're better than anybody else. All we got is Jesus to tell people about. It's all we got. It's the best news in the world. There's no better deal in the universe. But that's what we do. We're broken, messed up people desperately in need of a Savior who came for us, who loves us. And we offer that to people because that's what they need. That's what the world needs. That realization keeps us relying and trusting in God. Knowing that real life now and forever is found as we walk in Him. Living by trying to do the next right thing. Staying present in the presence of God. Being like Peter when he got it. Not like Peter when he thought he had all the answers because he got that one little thing. Staying humble in the presence of God. Remembering who Jesus is and remembering why He came. And that He came for us. That'll keep us walking in the presence, staying present in the presence of God where life is found now and forever. We'll end there today. We'll pick it up next time together. We continue on in the book of Luke. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for checking in and spending a little time with us. If you need prayer, go ahead and, and email us or call us and we'll pray for you. And we look forward to spending more time with you here in the days to come.